0: happy tuesday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the apollo 13 minute a show where each and every day monday through friday we go over one minute of probably the greatest space history movie ever made the 1995 Ron Howard directed feature Apollo 13 I'm one of your hosts Jim O'Kane of tvdads.com
1: and I'm your other host I'm Chris Henry of the EAA Aviation Museum
0: and Chris we're back, back on the lunar module uh, watching uh, watching Jim Lovell try to straighten out flying a, flying the ship while the uh, the guy who usually flies the ship is uh, up there with uh, in the command module about to turn everything off
1: Jeez yeah
0: <laughs> Which uh, that, Gosh, that must be a pretty scary moment indeed.
1: So. It's got to be kind of spooky to just power everything down up there on a mission. Yeah. Uh, never never tested before. You know, never truly tested. Yeah. Um,
0: and, yeah. and kind of uh, secretly presaging uh, the universal IT fix. Yeah. It. <laughs> Turn it <laughs> off and hope it comes back on in three days.
1: Yeah. Um, well, you know, what's funny is, uh, you know, in this clip he mentions, uh, you know, are we going to be able to power it back up, you know, after you know, it being basically frozen up there for a while. And, um, and, and I forget, forgive me if i told this story, but I asked Gene Kranz about that. And Gene Kranz said, well, we had sort of tested it once. And I said, well, how? how? And he said, a guy had the, uh, the panel, part of the panel from uh, the computer uh, on the back seat of his station wagon. And he accidentally drove home with it. And the temperatures got to below 32 degrees up there, or wow. there. And he said uh, he discovered it in the morning, took it in, and they bench tested it, and it still worked. Oh. <laughs> um, so that was it. That was the extent of the, uh, you know, the deep freeze testing that the computer had.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's just it's still, you know, just watching this is <laughs> extremely scary. One of the things that bothers me is there is kind of a flaw in this. He powers down, you know, he pushes the button, all the lights go out. And he's still talking on his radio saying this is Odyssey signing off. And it's like, "Well, how are you doing that?" because the radio's <laughs> on the panel.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, the spacecraft is still uh powered up there somehow. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So uh I will. It's yeah, it's cinematic license,
1: I guess is is what they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But,
0: we do get a quick look at the, uh, the AGC, the Apollo Guidance Computer, which is a, a marvel of work. I mean, it, it's just amazing. It's one of the tightest-coded, most complicated computers ever built, considering the size of it. Um, and, you know, it had all these hardwired programs built into the thing and, and uh, registers and all kinds of uh, uh, calculations that it could do. Uh, some pretty complicated uh, calculations, too. Uh, well, what we're seeing on this, if uh, you looked at about second twenty-three of this particular minute, it, it, the program that it's running is uh, program O six, which just means standby. So they just kind of push the pause button on the uh, on the machine, and it's not it's it's not doing anything. I mean, it has it has uh, verbs and nouns for different things, but they're they're not really doing anything because the uh, the computer is basically offline. Oh. And uh, and you can also see the. Uh, if if the 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 o six on the program name was too uh, was too indirect a, a message the the only light on the panel it just says standby so it's just kind of where you put it just before you turn it off.
1: Interesting, <laughs> and that's something that I mean a lot of people you know the common person seeing this movie would have never seen.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, little, and little did they know that people were going to be crawling <laughs> by frame <laughs> by frame and staring <laughs> yeah. at it. And I, I'm I'm sure that the uh, the the picture on the, on the wall where they're, uh, they're 180,000 miles from, uh, from earth. And, uh, let me just, one, two, let's see, 20, 40, 60, 80, 120, 40, 60. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's right there. I mean, they are, wow. they are almost to the mile where they're, where they're at in the earth, moon transit. Uh, so it's, uh, it's amazing that the detail that you can, uh, you can catch up on here.
1: Well, it was interesting when we had, uh, when we talked to, I think it was Mark Harmon. He mentioned that uh, You know, he was sitting on the uh, the set one day, and there was a manual sitting there for the command module, and he just picked it up, thinking that it was just a you know a hardbound book, and it was just the cover to look like the manual. And he's like, and I open it up, and it's the real manual. (laughs) And you know, and he goes, how many sets would I ever be on that they went to that level of detail that you know you're you're never gonna know that the pages of this manual aren't the real manual. Uh, you could have just had a cover and it would have been fine, but nope, it was the real, the <laughs> the real deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember that story we had a couple of weeks back with uh, Brett talking about having uh, the actual, you know, one of the mission control guys there uh, walking around on the set and, and chatting with him about how to do things, and he went through a stage door and he uh, guy was a little confused because. <laughs> Outside that door was the break room, and that's where you could get a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> no, so convincing. Go the, but... Yeah, go to the cramp service table instead. It just, uh, yeah. it's it's amazing. Uh, but they all uh, they all seem to, you know, it, it's so real. It just feels, I mean, those are, uh, and those are the same Plantronics uh, uh, mics that you used to use as an aircraft controller, wasn't it? I'm yeah, assuming.
1: yeah, it was all the same. I mean, it was yeah. the same. I'm sure they called them a different model, but. I mean, boy, they sure look the same. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's it's astonishing. So, you know, it's like, I'm I'm sure that I'm sure that our listeners are kind kind of bored from hearing us say the same things over and over again. But it just this 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 movie is just so <laughs> well, uh, it,
1: it it set a benchmark in my yeah. opinion. I mean, and I think that's why we have to keep talking about it is because Tom Hanks and the projects that he takes on, um, from the Earth to the Moon, Band of Brothers. They all seem to set the mark for yeah
0: the, uh, above ver- and
1: beyond authenticity.
0: Yeah, verisimilitude. I mean, it really catches you, and and it kind of set the basement for what how good a movie has to look about space in the future. And you know, movies yeah. after this couldn't get away with having a curtain and a couple of you know, uh, uh, consoles with people typing away furiously, it has to look like the way it did. And exactly, you know, even seeing it in current movies that as, as we're recording, this, like first man, uh, first man has different lighting and things like that, but they still had to be accurate in the way people, you know, people use the equipment. So yeah. it's uh, a great, great, great news if you're a uh, retired uh, NASA personnel and you want to become <laughs> a technical <laughs> advisor because this is, you know, <laughs> the field yeah. is wide open. Yeah great lighting too in this whole scene it's really it's always a gamble to um, to make a movie with uh, low contrast or um, or extreme contrast mostly when people are watching a show they want to see it kind of with television lighting everything is lit the same way everybody has even you know there's no shadows falling across people but when you see uh, uh, Kevin Bacon there as Jack Swigert after he turns out the light, and the, just he's lit by the harsh sunlight coming through the uh, the observation windows of the of the command module, and uh, then only a few you know standby lights of uh, of of the CM as, as he's looking around. I mean, it really points out just how powered down they really are.
1: Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. They had uh, nothing but a radio, a light bulb, and and that was about it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, then that great, the great scene again, filmed on board the uh, the vomit comet there, where he he goes through the docking tunnel, and you know that's that's zero gravity. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're they're going into a dive, and then he says, "Action!" <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: and uh, he has to get turned around because when you know he's gonna he's gonna pay for that that part of the parabolic arc when it starts turning back up, and he's gonna get slammed on the, bo- <laughs> on the bottom of that of that tube. So amazing feat of, of of uh choreography if, any, if anything else of just he had to, they had to get into the dive I'm just trying to see where the where the shot the shot seems to start at about second 51 and uh, he's still floating around at second 50 well, all the way into 60 so he's yeah from from so almost almost 10 seconds of Getting you know, getting that action shot, and they probably did it about four or five takes. So I'm sure he had to like climb through and like, okay, we're gonna do it again, and then just <laughs> up and down. Do, do you know how uh, like, uh, I mean, I guess it's it's a matter of math. You have to fall at 32 feet per second per second um, for ten for ten seconds. So you ha- I'm I don't know where they're starting it, but I'm assuming that they have to get up to about thirty thousand feet. I would guess a, it
1: had to be around there. Yeah, and um, you know i would have to read up more about it um and see exactly you know what altitudes and i'd love to know how much time they had per dive yeah you know yeah. uh 'cause you know is like is that one shot or you know that that would be a good question to ask somebody uh when we get somebody from the, we'll have from to the find set. yeah
0: we'll have to find somebody that that's that worked on those particular scenes. Yeah. Um the other thing as an air traffic controller, uh, how is this reported? It's like I'll be going through, I'll be going from 30 to you know 30,000 <laughs> to 10 in the next 3 minutes. So
1: more than likely they were in special use airspace, I would have to guess. Oh okay. Um uh, where they weren't it's just blocked off uh, as an MOA and oh, okay. and they probably just had at it. You know, I mean, it, yeah, uh, there's,
0: there's nothing above you or below you or in this air in this box, Yeah. In the and they have,
1: you know, it's just like if, if anybody's listening to Flies, you know, you have those military areas. I'm assuming they did it, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they did it out of Ellington. And then there's a, I'm sure there's a practice area, training area for all the T 38s and stuff, uh, almost like you would have on a, on a, you know, a fire range or something like that. Um, these guys can go up, have a big block airspace with no restrictions. Um, you know, I'm not sure how their operations work if they have to check in on every dive or something. But, uh, but yeah, that uh, that's probably what they did. They just had a block air. They didn't just go out into the common use airspace and do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like get out of J31 right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. I was just I was picturing what that would look like on a radar screen. I mean, I guess would it alert you that hey, they're well, <laughs> they're heading straight the If you're watching
1: ground? it on radar, I've actually seen an airplane dive pretty good on radar, and uh, what it'll do is it'll actually uh, they, it'll give you an arrow down. And next to the airplanes, uh, transponder codes and stuff. Okay. Uh, next to the your your transponder. uh, So how it works is your transponder helps give you a uh, a signature uh, to a radar screen. Right. And it shows your N number, your airspeed, altitude. Uh, you know, what type of aircraft you are, what what equipment code you have on board. And then when you then the dot, the actual skin tag is is actual radar picking up the airplane. Okay. Uh, so you've got you've got two different sort of uh, ways data get, yeah, yeah data
0: sources coming from there
1: exactly yeah so so what happens is basically if you dive at a high rate of speed it'll just give you an arrow down and it'll say you know, basically unreadable uh, whatever type of radar you know, you're using will just tell you that it's you're diving too fast for them to give you an accurate uh, altitude wow. until you start to level off and then it'll start to catch up
0: oh, okay um, this reminds me of a... About let's see, 19, 1990. It was August 1st, 1990. I was in a Pan Am 747-100. Oh wow! And I was going from uh, I was going from Kennedy Airport to Heathrow. And we're at about uh, the uh, pull up a chair and put your feet up. <laughs> uh, so uh, we were over the N in Atlantic on the Atlantic Ocean. Okay, and uh, we were at about 33,000 feet whatever eastbound eastbound is odd is that right i don't uh, anyway. uh northeast yeah it's odd yeah North and so east. yeah i'd say i'd say uh, uh 33, 000, 33, 000 feet and uh, they just started the movie the movie was the hunt for red october and it's about you know alec baldwin is a guy who uh, nice. really doesn't like to fly he doesn't yeah. <laughs> like to fly and he doesn't like turbulence and stuff so as we're watching the movie the plane starts shaking and it's like wow what's you know so all the people on the left side of the plane start pulling up their little uh, window shades and I'm looking out on the left window, uh, the, le- the the left the left wing, and the left wing is peeling away. You can see green struts. Oh, gosh. Through, yeah. And there's like big, so like a big piece of the front of the wing, what they call delaminated. It delaminated and blew away and hit the rudder. Oh. So, and, you know, we're going like 450, 500 miles an hour, whatever. And um, so it hit the rudder. The plane uh, does a left bank, and heads for the ocean, and it's making that it's making that sound like, like the movie sound of the Stuka dive bombers. Oh my brr- gosh. And he's making this like a like a spiral. He's turning through the whole compass and going left, 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 and we're going through cloud bank after cloud bank after cloud bank, and he's not pulling up. <laughs> and oh. It's, I was in business class, and you, that's when you realize, as a passenger, the only control you have over your environment is the volume control on your uh, on your seat. So we're going through, and I can imagine up in the cockpit, the you know the things going twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty seven, twenty six, and we got down we got down to three thousand feet before he leveled out, and you could see the wave tops. Wow! And so uh and this is the business section was the front of the bottom of the 747 so up the, upstairs they have that that spur- circular you know spiral yeah, oh staircase yeah. so the flight engineer and the co-pilot are coming down they've got these big green boeing books and they're flipping through it looking out the window and they said that's there that's not there that's no, that's, that's halfway there that one's <laughs> broken and then they go back upstairs and there's been no announcements so the captain gets on hi this is the captain uh as you can tell we've had some uh, difficulty with the left wing and we will not be re- we will not be making it to uh heathrow <laughs> oh my like, gosh. what does that mean so he says we're going to be uh we're going to be uh, uh attempting an alternate uh, runway at uh, at shannon and so uh everybody <laughs> and then he came back on shannon's in ireland so <laughs> two hours and 50 minutes later we uh we had a brace we had to go to brace positions and we landed in shannon best actually one of the best landings i ever had we landed and as i got up from the uh from from holding onto the seat in front of me i look out the window and i think every piece of fire equipment in the republic of ireland was lined up on the runway waiting for us but he wow. he landed fine so um apparently they they hadn't tacked down one of the uh there was some uh some work done on the on the wing it had never been tamped down properly, and the whole wing caught the breeze, and ripped the wing off, and then took a big hunk out of the back of the rudder. But the guy landed us okay. Wow! And, uh, then wow. we had it. They put us on a smaller plane and got us to Heathrow. Uh,
1: it's now you know somewhere they pulled that airplane to a hangar and joe petroni was there waiting on it oh you know,
0: yeah yeah to with to a that. chomping on a cigar yeah, exactly like, <laughs> remind me to thank mr boeing yeah so um but yeah it was I, I've, I've i've that's when i found out about syf- system difficulty requests sdrs and i looked up, yeah. i looked up what the point and it just it was saying you know well the uh, the, the you know the aircraft was uh, was repaired and, and put back in service i'm like really <laughs> i was thinking they were going to have to change all the upholstery in it <laughs> well, that
1: could—that probably was too, especially the pilot seat. <laughs> yeah,
0: one thing that I was, I was really was remarkable to me. I always wondered, you know, what's what's going to happen? Does your life pass in front of you? And like none of that happened. But I was amazed that everybody was so quiet. Everybody was just kind of like looking at the window. It was like, well, are we going to hit the ocean? <laughs> are, yeah. <you> know.
1: <laughs> Jeez, that's wild, <laughs> so, man. <laughs> so
0: uh, every time I see every time I see some some of these zero g things, that's all I think of was is like, yeah, you don't want to. I don't want to have that feeling again. <laughs> so anyway, I know that's far afield from Apollo 13, but it's, you know that's where these things <laughs> draw us. Um, if you have uh, personal horror stories of being in an airplane, we'd love to hear <laughs> about them. <laughs> uh, we're always available on, on the social media. You can find us on, uh, on Facebook at the Apollo 13 Mission Control. Or you can find us uh, on Twitter, of course, at Apollo 13 Minute. If you have uh, missed any of our previous episodes, you can always catch up quickly on, uh, at our main website, Apollo13minute.com, right out there on the World Wide Web. Or you can uh, look for us on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, they, carry it, they carry us all. And they also, uh, if you subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, you can get us delivered hot and fresh to you every morning. Uh, just uh, type in Apollo 13 Minute, then click sub- subscribe when our name pops up. Uh, anyway, join us here tomorrow as we get. Uh, we all have w- all one nice, happy family uh, <laughs> back cramped in the uh, in the lunar module. But, uh, we'll pick it up then. Uh, it looks like we're coming up on. Well, it's a signal in about 30 seconds, so we will see you here next time on the Apollo 13 Minute.